Podcast Fresh. Now this is a story all about highway. Cap and Chris just both sat down, so we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Hello and welcome everybody to Podcast Fresh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air review show. This is show number fifty-eight. I am your host, Chris Torres, and my co-host is Ryan Mello. What's up, Pac-Man? What is up? I hope everybody had a great, uh, what did we just do? New Year's. Happy New Year's. <laughs> New Year's, holidays, um, you know, for everybody still uh, still on their break, you know, we're super jealous of you. For everybody else that's back to the, uh, the grind, we feel you. And uh, man, it feels like Christmas was like two years ago at this point. I know, it is pretty distant already. So I feel like so much crap has happened between the Christmas holidays and today. Uh, yeah, it does. It feels like we're already like I don't know, like a month into the new year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it feels like it feels like like right before the holidays, you're just finishing like one section of the map, yeah. and then the holidays happens, which is like you getting like journeying from like one town to the next, and now we're in that second town. It's kind of like. Ah, oh, there's so much stuff to do, but I don't want to do any of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, what have you been up to, man? Just working, chilling? Working, chilling. Yeah, I'm back on the grind. My holidays are over, so, uh, yeah, just uh, my, my usual, you know? Yeah, work was tough last week. Well, not really tough, but, like, you know, sometimes I would argue that, like, a, a short week, sometimes it feels even longer because you're only there, like, four days. But, if you know, it feels longer because you're discombobulated. Like, you forgot that Monday was you were off and then right. Tuesday started. But uh, the first week I went Tuesday to Saturday and uh, it was it was kind of like a nice splash in uh, water in the face. But, uh, man, I was just dragging my feet the whole time, you know. It is hard to get back into the swing of things. Like... All that time off, I hate it because I take so long to readjust myself and to like get my my stuff together. And uh, even even till now, like I've, I'm fine, but like crap, like I do. It, it's funny, like remembering <laughs> not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, we were like off for four days or whatever, just chilling, having a great time. <laughs> but now oh, it's yeah. like oh, back to reality. So aside from that, man, anything uh, you do? Anything fun? You uh, you're almost on the Sopranos now. I know you. That was like a series that you really wanted to watch. You're uh, you tell me you're right near the end now. Yeah, right near the. I think I'm seven episodes away from uh, the finale. And wow. uh, yeah, it's a great show. I honestly, if you're into any kind of mafia movies or mob movies or whatever, like anything like that, if you like Goodfellas, if you like uh, Carlito's Way or whatever, it's. Uh, it's just a really cool take on that genre and you see what the mob boss is like outside of the mob and the crap he deals with and his own thinking and trauma that he feels uh, with everything going on. But just yeah. more than that, like the characters in the show are just fantastic. Like all the supporting characters are great. Um, a lot of them, there's always this tension though with them. You like, you never know really who's cool with who. And, and if, if the past is the past, you know? So yeah. it's just this hour long, like, like mind trip, like the whole episode. And it's like, okay. And usually by the end, you might get some kind of resolve. You might not, you might have to wait till the next one, but yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, this is one of those shows that I'll probably go out and get like the, uh, the collector's box set or whatever. Cause, uh, I love it that much. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think once it's all done. Uh, how, what's, how many seasons are there in that show? Like nine, ten? No, no, uh, six. 
Oh, wow. It only won six seasons, huh? Six seasons. But it's pretty long considering, like, I think there it's, tw- let's just say, 20 episodes a season. Yeah, it's the old television format of uh, 24 or 22 episodes, right? 45 minutes to an hour? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a lot of time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you going to watch next? Uh, I haven't even thought of that. I do think I'm going to uh, watch the movie that they released like two years ago, the uh, Many Saints <laughs> right. of Newark, where like I think I think it's like James Gandolfini's son plays a young Tony Soprano. Gotcha. Um, I'll probably watch that just to cap off the whole thing, and then uh, I don't know. We'll see. I might just get more into uh, movies from now on, and just knock off some things that I've been trying to watch this whole time. Uh, I recently watched Back to the Future. Yeah, I've been talking about that for two years, and uh, you know, now that I finally did it, I'm more like inspired to go in and go into that hit list and just knock these movies out of the park this year. So I might just do that. I think I might just do movies this year. Yeah, that's cool. It's funny because I mean, as much as like the Fast and the, the Fast and the Furious, the, um, the Back to the Future movies are like super popular and legendary. I feel like with time, uh, yeah, like less and less people watch them, you know, maybe because I don't know, it was a, such a product of its time and maybe it hasn't aged the best, but I don't know. To me, it's a timeless movie. Yeah. I mean, I saw it for the first time this year and I wasn't even alive when it came out originally. So, right. But I really loved it, to be honest with you. Like, I really liked it. I'll probably talk more about it on the cafe, but I did really like the movie and I I don't know. I think if you can appreciate what good movie is, what a good movie is and what good film direction is, like I think anyone could like it. But the thing is like a lot of my friends who are older love that movie and they they were like, "Yeah, that was my favorite movie growing up." So it's like I already had that kind of, you know, thing going into the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, "Okay, I know this movie as well." Uh, is well reviewed and well revered and all that. So it's like it's hard to not like it at that point because I'm already going in with good expectations. Yeah. Um, but it was good, and I think you know Sopranos kind of has that too, where it's like you talk about mob things. Sopranos is is actually the one that's like considered to be the less the the least faithful to like what mob culture actually is. Like I forgot who who it is, but this former mob guy, former mob boss guy. Is doing like YouTube stuff now. Not a former mob boss a guy. A former mob boss guy. And he says the Sopranos is fake because if you're seeing a therapist, that guy would be dead by the end of the week. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, that's at the end of the day, this is all fiction in a way, inspired by true things, sure. But like, I don't know. I, I also think Sopranos is kind of underrated at this point because uh, it's not in the conversation when it comes to mob things. Like, mob movies, I get it. That's kind of like a, its own thing. But I think you could easily throw this in there because it would have been it would have been probably just a great movie as well if they could figure out how to trim all that fat right i think so many dumb things have happened in mafia history that to dismiss that a mob guy would never talk to a psychiatrist to me it doesn't it doesn't pass the test with me um just because like i'm how many times have mob guys made the stupidest fucking mistakes Oh, yeah. Like they say, don't spend money. They spend money and other cops are watching them. Yeah. Or uh, don't kill this guy, kills that guy. Mm. Or don't fuck the boss's wife, fucks the boss's wife. It's like these, <laughs> it's things that you would be like, that would never happen in the family. But of course they fucking did. And usually it means a destruction. So for some guy to be like, that, that would never happen. I can picture a world where there's a mob guy so fucking stupid that he's actually talking to a shrink. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about the Soprano character. I, no, no, I'm just I get I was using it as an example, right? Like, enough dumb shit has happened. If you watch all the mafia movies, a lot of how they get busted is kind of like real life. 
You yeah, know? it's I careless if it's, bullshit. I forget if it's Casino or Goodfellas where they won't shut the fuck up in the the supermarket. Like the old people in the supermarket, they're yapping and yapping. Oh, and it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like recording. It's trying to record like the 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 back room or whatever. So um, anything's possible. Nothing would surprise me. You know what I mean? Because. We think like, oh, you know, if I was in that world, there's no way I would do that. I would never sleep with the boss's wife. Yeah, but you weren't there. You know what I yeah. mean? There's a reason why these things happen. I would also, so, uh, I, I would also say yeah. The Sopranos takes place in the 2000s, er, early 2000s. So that's already a different time than like the 70s where all this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe this guy that said you wouldn't be talking to a uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, maybe in the 70s. I'll give him that. But like, it's already a new generation of of mob stuff like it's funny like you actually see the transition of like cell phones being introduced in the show right and like like tony there's like a scene where he's like fuck this fucking thing keeps going off and like he gets all mad about it <laughs> so i don't know i think it's i think it's to each his own it's fiction at the end of the day and uh it's honestly been one of my favorite uh favorite shows of my life so yeah big fan now cool awesome Very good. um anything else i think let's get into the plugs here on instagram yes. facebook and youtube at podcast fresh Twitter at Podcast Fresh DO, and you can also send us an email at Podcast Fresh uh, 2020 at uh, This is your first time listening to any show on this uh, podcast network. We are uh, a team of dudes that uh, review different shows. This is what the one that we review, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We've been doing it since the very beginning. So if you haven't um, listened to that one, go all the way to back to the beginning. It's kind of like an episode by episode review slash summary slash, like, I don't know, trivia facts and goofs, Pac Man? Yeah, it's just like. Uh a smorgasbord of uh, it, yes, <laughs> it's two dudes talking. Um, and then we got the the last wrestling podcast. That's a wrestling podcast that we do, and then the uh, podcast Fresh Cafe. It comes out, I would say, on average once every two weeks for the cafe right now. Although we are uh, slowly getting back into the rhythm of things on that show, uh, we discuss kind of like pop culture, mostly uh, movies, video games whatever else might be happening sometimes that little soccer like cristiano ronaldo or uh, sometimes we'll even uh talk some wrestling um so yeah check out the cafe we review different things as well movies that we've seen video games that we've played and uh what was the last show we did pack i think that was the, that the was 2022 one, um, preview right the 2023 uh 2023 preview, preview yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah yeah we talked about um the movies and video games we're looking forward to uh to playing and watching and uh in there, we also had a bit of a Morbius uh, <laughs> episode where we we uh, we went head to head on on the movie Morbius, and I actually, I it was a long long conversation. I actually trimmed a bit of that on and released it on its own show. It's like a twenty minute thing, uh, but I thought it was enjoyable overall. So uh, yeah, guys, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to get into the first episode of The Fresh Prince that we're, re- we're reviewing here. It's Season 5, Episode 7. This one's titled Father Knows Best. Original air date October 24, 1994. Um, Pac-Man, the usual question. Do you remember watching this episode? Uh, no, to be honest. Yeah. No. This one was... Uh, this one was nice. It was kind of like a callback to Season 1. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- Yeah, on many aspects, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off pre-credits in the bank's kitchen. Ashley receives a letter from the bank, and uh, Carlton tells her that... Uh, no, no, Car- Carlton thinks that uh, she's saving up money to buy out the family, do a hostile takeover. <laughs> so Carlton's telling Will this, and Will says that Carlton's a, a sweater on a necklace short of Angela Lansbury. Um, Angela Lansbury, the reason I remember her name, because uh, I do remember her from Murder, She Wrote, but I, but she had just recently passed away this past fall. Oh, shit. Um, 
But that one flew over my head until I realized that she was the one in uh, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, okay. Um, but the, Murder, She Wrote, you don't remember that at all. APAC, no, man, that was before your time. For yeah. sure. That was kind of before my time, too. Like, it was on TV while I was, you know, becoming a wise young man. But uh, Murder, She Wrote's definitely... I think the joke here is that the, he's such a conspiracy theorist that he's just telling tall tales, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the Angela Lansbury uh, recall there. Um, in the garage, Will catches Ashley in the garage getting dressed. It turns out that she's dropped out of Beller Academy and uh, she's been going to public school since the beginning of the semester. Ashley forged some documents and put Phil's tuition in an interest-bearing account. Will is nervous but agrees not to say anything. Dude, I just think it's so hilarious watching Ashley go from like season one where it was like bang the drum, Ashley, like so innocent. And now she's like forging documents, putting the fucking money in like an interest bearing account. Um, man, this <laughs> I've done some shit in my day, but to transfer schools, uh, I, I don't think I could have pulled that one off. No, I don't even know how she pulled it off. Like besides the, the fact that it is fiction, like, I don't know, that's such a big... It's such a big thing to to try to scam your parents with. And it's kind of funny that she is like, you know, doing this, tr- transferring bank accounts or whatever. <laughs> but at first I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I do remember Phil has a thing for gadgets. And we do see it in a scene after this where Carlton is also like pretty uh, tech savvy. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it runs in the family to be uh, to good with that stuff. Yeah, I remember. What was Phil's first thing with the, uh, that was the mall episode. Remember when he was trying to buy those gimmicks? Yeah, he wanted like a fancy calculator or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we go to the bank's kitchen where Carlton has successfully hacked. He's on a laptop there, and he's hacked into the Bank of Beller records. Uh, Will call Bill makes fun of him, calls him Hack Boy, the stubby fingered Avenger, and that uh, Carlton lays it out that Ashley's been hiding ten thousand bucks. Uh, this is funny because Will kind of plays it up here, like you know, mind your own business, like trying to get him like off the scent, and uh, Carlton says that he can see that she already got to him. Now, the funny part is, I don't know if he's kidding or not, but he nailed it. Like, that's exactly what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. It was kind of like a stroke of uh, luck or whatever to say that. I- I'm sure, I don't know. I think Carlton's putting on that, like, paranoid persona at this point. So it's like anyone is a, a suspect. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't trust he, anybody. Yeah, or sometimes they surprise us with the way he's written. Like, he's smarter than he seems, or he might have, like, been on it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Hillary's complaining to Will that she's losing her black audience on her TV show. Will pretends like he's a fan of the show, but he can't name a single uh, favorite episode. And then he admits that he's never seen an episode. Phil comes in wearing a tuxedo and Will calls him uh, Billy D. Williams. Will kind of just going here for the uh, for the cheap heat on, on Phil. We go to the bank's garage and Will and Ashley are having another secret meeting. And uh, Will doesn't know how long this charade can, uh, can uh, last. And at this point, Ashley kind of turns heel on Will, says it's all his fault. And that Will made her see that there's a whole other world out there. Like a drug, Will, and you got me hooked. So at this point, Ashley's kind of locked Will into this whole charade. Um, But it's funny. Like I said, this kind of reminds me of like the older episodes of Will and uh, Ashley getting into trouble. Yeah, like Will again is is backing Ashley up, even though he's kind of reluctant with this one. But like still, she kind of corners him into doing so and uh the fact that she tries to flip it on him is hilarious too just like oh you know that you made me see there's a world without uh people don't have butlers it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> she goes um 
Will says to her, well, you better go cold turkey or you're going to end up a dead duck. I thought that was a nice little play on words there with the birds. Not that funny, but it was kind of cute or whatever. Uh, Ashley apologizes, uh, playing good cup. At this point, Will bites and uh, he tells her not to cry. So they're both in on this. They're going to be strapped in. And uh, as usual, it's not going to end well. No. We go to the classroom where Ashley's about to come clean to her teacher. Miss Sharp, the truth is... Ashley! (laughs) There's my little bran muffin. (laughs) Oh, is this your father? Sure. (laughs) Miss Sharp, this is, um, Daddy. (laughs) Mm. How could something so smooth be called sharp? Yes, well, nice to finally meet you, Mr. Banks. Raul, please. (laughs) (laughs) Raul. Oh, and welcome back from the Orient. Konnichiwa. God bless you, Miss Sharp. (laughs) It is Miss Sharp, isn't it? Yes, it is. You're a fine teacher, Miss Sharp. When uh, Will comes in dressed as Mr. Banks, so we get the trope of Will dressing up as a different character. Uh, he starts hitting on the teacher, lays it on thick on uh, Mrs. Sharp, who uh, calls him Mr. Banks. And Will says, or Uncle Uncle Phil, in quotation, says, call me Raul. So he's now Raul. Uh, <laughs> Ashley's dad. Will's uh, laying it on thick, and Ashley's trying to pull him back a little bit. He says that he's raised his daughter alone from training wheels to training bras. And they both came off too soon, didn't they? Bro, I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, that's definitely a line that I don't think would happen today, but maybe, I don't know. That is a pure single dad talk, though. Like, I yeah, don't, for I don't sure. think a married man <laughs> would say that, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Will says that one, and then they, uh, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I like the pop from the crowd. At this point, Ash, uh, the teacher puts over Ashley and says that uh, she's a pleasure to have around. And Will reminds her that, uh, you know, that runs in the family. And at this point, Ashley gets him out of there. Um, so, again, they just need to keep it steady and they'll get away with this. But Will's kind of threatening to fuck this up. And you know that he would. Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw the heart around the teacher. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> he looked, So they're outside the classroom uh, in the hallway there. And Ashley's telling him that, that she can't believe that it worked. And Will reminds her that uh, Denzel ain't the only brother that can act, which I thought was a nice line. And, uh, yeah, you're right. At this point, Will looks through the door, through the glass, and he sees a teacher. And it's like a, like a heart-shaped silhouette that forms around her head. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen next. Will re-enters the classroom and hits on her again. She says to come closer, and as Will does, she pulls off his fake mustache. I figured, I thought there was a slap coming, but it ended up being the fake mustache. I didn't uh, enjoy that too much, actually, because it, like <laughs> the, the slap would have been better. The slap would have been more, um, more fit. Because how the hell did she all of a sudden th- see that it was a fake mustache? She was talking to her before for so long. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was okay. I, like I kind of get it because it has to set up what happens after. But a slap actually would have made more sense and maybe been more entertaining. Who the hell knows? I think, I think either way they could have made, made do with it. But, uh, yeah, I wanted the slap more than the mustache pull to be honest. 
I think I think she would have lost some points as a character if she slapped well because she's supposed to be like a teacher, right? That is true. That is. True. And also, Ashley spends the whole episode trying to put over the school and this and 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 this teacher eventually to fill later on. And so uh, I think it would have removed some of the color that you kind of want to put there. That's true. But if it wasn't a teacher, if it was like anybody else, like a dance instructor or something like that, bartender, yeah, they totally would have like slapped Will or punched him in the face for a different uh, comedy effect. Definitely. So anyway, she uh, she totally busts Will and removes the mustache. And uh, Mrs. Sharp says that she's calling the, her real parents right now. And of course, at this point, Ashley walks in and looks at Will. And uh, Will's still denying everything. Like, it wasn't just him that completely, like, messed <laughs> this up. Um, so now we go to the bank's kitchen. Later on, Ashley's blaming Will for what happened. Will tells her to relax. And Mrs. Sharp gave him the weekend to break it to Uncle Phil. Now, let's go over the evil twin story again. So Will's got some ideas here, but uh, they're kind of screwed. This kind of reminds me of, like, when I would get in trouble in school and I'd have to, like, bring my homework home to get assigned by my parents. Oh, Did man. you ever have to do that shit? Yep. Oh, my God. And uh, the funny part was my parents never reacted in, in the way that, like, my fears, like, what I, how I feared they would react. Right. They just be, they just kind of be like, you fugazi, come here. And they'd sign it and, and, and back to school I went. I got so in trouble with that. Uh not so in trouble. So in trouble. Uh, I had to sign my homework and stuff and my tests and shit, but I eventually just started forging my parents' signature. Right. And uh, whatever, I did it. And then I don't know what happened. This teacher the other the next day or a couple days later sent me stuff that had to get sent by my parents. And <laughs> she sent it. She it was, like, it was like a package. It was like five things. I didn't even oh look God. at it, but I, I already knew. I was like, okay, whatever. And it wasn't necessarily bad stuff. So I literally went to my parents and I said, oh, can you just sign these, whatever. They're signing it. And then in that package was a paper, was a test that I had forged. And my parents looked at it. And I think it was my dad or my mom. I don't remember. But they they looked and they're like, wait a minute. I didn't sign this, right? Oh so then I'm like, oh, shit. It's like, you signed this. I got I got so grounded. It was horrible. Like, <laughs> I have stupid on me. I should have checked. But I just gave the gave it to them like an idiot. Oh my god, that's so reckless! Oh, it's bad. It was really. Then I, I wasn't allowed to, uh, like they, they would check my bag every day after that. Like, oh shit, <laughs> horrible. Well, one time, my mama got mad at my teacher because he wanted me to like get my my homework signed. So she literally like drew up like a caricature of him in the book, oh like my in god. the notebook. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I gotta bring this thing back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, <laughs> so we ended up ripping the sheet of paper out of the book. <laughs> And the next day I showed up to school, my mom had signed like on a, on a new piece of paper. And um, the lie was uh, if he asked, I would just say like, you know, I brought, I had it at the dinner table and it got messy. So I had to, I had to rip out the piece of paper uh, where he wrote sign here, you know, Chris's mom or whatever, Chris's dad. Right. Yeah. But anyway, oh, yeah, awesome. I don't think kids have to do that anymore. I don't think you gotta, I don't think teachers give a fuck anymore. You don't gotta sign anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, paper. Um, <laughs> we go to the bank's living room. Phil and Viv arrived uh, back from the fundraiser. Phil's upset that the mayor's uh, mother called him a black Alfred Hitchcock. Philip, I'm sure the mayor's mother meant it as a compliment. Oh, really? Then I should be honored that she thinks I look like a black Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Hi, kids. Good evening. 
Phil runs into Will, who's doing a Hitchcock impression. Good evening. I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> and he even did the puffy cheeks, which was good. Uh, Ashley says, uh, well, good night. And the parents sit down as Will and Ashley argue in silence for a moment. This was cool. I wish it kept this going for a little bit longer because I thought it, really, it was kind of working. So the parents are sitting on the couch facing us. But in the background, Will and, uh, and, uh, and Ashley are kind of like, argue miming toward each other yeah, yeah. and they got interrupted by the parents. I thought they were going to do it twice, but they only did it once. But I kind of <laughs> like that. Um, Will breaks into his Jack Nicholson, a few good men speech telling Phil that he wants the truth, but he can't handle it. And you know that Will is like two seconds away from just like telling everybody the truth. Oh yeah. Ashley drops the bomb first though. And Will dives behind the couch. Like she's just, you know, throwing a grenade. <laughs> Phil says that when he wakes up, Ashley will be transferred back. And he does that with like that maniacal smile on his face. And then uh, Ashley quickly ruins the mood by saying that uh, she's not going back. Immediately, Phil blames Will. <laughs> and Ashley defends Will, saying that it was Will who made her realize that she wants to be with real people. And uh, Phil says, oh, for uh, people from uh, Bel Air don't have real issues. And at this point, Hillary and uh, Carlton walk by arguing about how to pronounce Porsche. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. stupid. Kind of goofy, actually. This, this was a, that was a little bit contrived, but whatever. Uh, Ashley wanted to, wants to discuss this, but Phil doesn't. So you know it's going to end up happening because we've seen this happen too many times. What usually happens when Phil just makes an executive decision like that? Vivian intervenes and says, why are Vivian's you Vivian's got to be like, what, I don't me? have 50% of this bitch? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, so we go to the bank's living room. We have Will, Hillary, Carlton. They're all watching a TV episode that uh, Hillary's from Hillary's show. So if you recall, she had Will had never seen a single episode of this thing, even though it's his cousin and <laughs> she's been doing this for a long fucking time. Yeah. But anywho, um, they sit down and they're watching this TV show, and there's uh, there's Hillary and she's wearing this African garb. And she introduces like various models all wearing African clothing and African inspired colors. And they're all white. And uh, Will turns off the TV and Hillary asks what he thinks. And Will tells her that she, for she forgot the part about African-Americans. <laughs> Man, uh, I've noticed like Hillary's getting a lot more like screen time this season, like for sure. But it's just like some really stupid comedy. You think so? I feel like they don't know what to do with her and... She's in it because we can't forget about her. But I honestly think it's like the like it's way less screen time than what I'm used to. Like we used to have entire episodes not dedicated to Hillary, but like where Hillary kind of played a part in like the overarching story. Yeah, I don't think they've done that in season five yet. Like Hillary's just kind of this person on the side, just like kind of asking a question or two, and then that's it. Here's your check. We'll see you next episode. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And they haven't evolved her character much. And uh, watching these two episodes, I realized that, you know, no wonder she's she's not... Out of all the characters, she's, the, I, I think, like, the least fondly remembered. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I heard an interview with Karen Parsons saying that. Like, I, I, you know, like, Hillary was unlikable in certain ways, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I could be making shit up. Oh, no, well, I whatever. think you're right. I think I saw that. Um, We're in the bank's living room, and now we're out of the bank's living room. We're in the bank's backyard, and uh, Mrs. Sharp comes to see Phil. She can't get Phil to change his mind, though, and uh, Will comes in and sees Sharp and immediately starts defending uh, to Uncle Phil, and uh, she winks at him, and she acts like they're meeting for the first time. 
I was and so Will starts this thing of nice to meet you for the first time ever in life, <laughs> which he says four or five times. Mrs. Sharp uh, finishes the greeting and then she takes off. Will's kind of like got the exclamation over his head, Metal Gear style. You know something's up. Will tells Phil to be reasonable. Phil says that Ashley went behind his back and switched schools. Will tries to get in a word edgewise. Phil cuts him off and says sternly, look, my nephew's, my wife's nephew. And maybe my nephew's wife. I want Ashley in Beller Academy in a controlled atmosphere. I know who's there. And more importantly, I know who's not. Will calls Phil a snub, but from about 10 feet away. And Will, uh, Phil just stares him down. So Will actually takes the long way around the table, climbs over this little <laughs> brick wall, and, uh, and leaves. What did you think about this interaction between Phil and Will? I thought it was... Par for the course. It's, it's again. It's Will defending Ashley, but trying to do it in a way where he's not going to get burned by Phil. Um, you know, the whole Sh- the Mrs. Sharp thing was cool though because I did think that she could easily have just said something to Will that would have thrown him under the bus for other shenanigans that he did in the, you know prior. But yeah, she didn't. She was cool about it, which kind of gave her some points for me because if if Ashley is talking like you said, if the, if she's talking up this school and how good the teachers are and stuff. Then that's clutch. That's really nice of her and stuff to do for Will. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just you know what I I think it's nice to have an episode about Ashley again, but an episode that has nothing to do with like boys and stuff. It's literally like a callback to season one where her and Will were like getting along really good because they're to me the the power couple so to speak of this show. Like they they always have each other's back. There's no there's no like conniving backstabbing thing with them like carlton and will you know it's it literally is what it is with them and this just kind of further proves it where will's trying to step up to her or uh, step up for her but you know he also is kind of watching his own back with with phil <laughs> but uh yeah i think it's i think it's good it's good stuff mm-hmm. yeah well, i think we've seen this story told a few times already uh throughout the series but this is just kind of like different characters on different sides of the fence and you know they try to add some new twists and turns to it mm-hmm. Back in the living room, Phil and Viv are watching TV, and uh, this, this is kind of nice. There's like a workout show on, so <laughs> Phil's about to get into it. He's like, and a one, and a two, and the hell with it, and he sits back down. <laughs> really funny. He says it way more, uh, way better than I just did right there. Really, really good line. And, uh, and it just continues the trope of uh, just Phil and that... Uh, you know, the working out thing. And I just remember those ridiculous uh, track suits that they wore last season, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was nice. Uh, they end up sitting down. And this time it's Phil and Viv going at it. You know they were going to. And Viv wants to consider Ashley's decision. And she she uh, she hits Phil with the, uh, you know, sometimes I think we work so hard to give our children what we didn't have that we forget to give them what we did have. That's a, That's a really great line. I really like that line. Yeah. Did it uh, bring a tear to your eye? Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought that was a nice line, and I think there's definitely truth to that. I mean, for sure, being the son of, like, immigrant parents, like, I think that I can definitely see that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, Banks Kitchen, the next day, Phil comes down trying to make small talk with Ashley, asks her what she's eating. She says food. Will makes gestures with a knife, trying to cut the tension. Uh, that was kind of random. Phil just kind of looked at him like, all right, dummy. It was weird. I yeah. knew he was going to say that, but like, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> too, too, a little too blatant, too heavy handed there. Yeah. Um, Hillary comes in and Will asks about her show. 
uh, basically is digging at her because, you know, after the video they just saw her together, he goes, oh, what's next, Amish rap stars? And Hillary says that her animal print midriff got over with her male demographic. This sounds like we're, uh, you know, the raw demographic here. Now she gets more <laughs> male viewers than Sally Jesse Raphael. Well, uh, Will sarcastically says, how hard could that be? I mean, Sally Jesse Raphael was sort of the, uh, her and uh, this guy, Jerry Springer. I'm not sure if you remember Jerry Springer, Ryan. Yes, Jerry Springer. Uh, they were, uh, they battled it out in the 90s over uh, like television ratings. Oh, crap. Um, and I'll tell you, man, like I watched Jerry Springer so far ago, like in the early 90s that uh, during that time, like, you know how shows came to just be, like, complete ridiculousness, like brawls and <laughs> yeah, all kinds yeah. of... Bro, Jerry Springer started off as, like, a serious talk show. Oh, like, really? They would, yeah, man. They would wow. talk about, like, serious subjects and they would, um, you know, bring, like, uh, families in, like, tough positions and they would bring in, like, uh, you know, they would tell, like, serious stories, like Dr. Phil kind of shit, right? Uh, not quite Oprah because Oprah was more about bringing in like mixing it up with celebrities and shit like that. Whereas Springer, it was just all you know these serious stories. And then later when the when the when the ratings started tanking, that's when they started introducing like it started started getting crazy, right? Oh, with the brawling and the sound effects and everything. But anyway, uh, Jerry Springer and Sally Jesse Raphael uh, went at it tooth and nail in the nineties. Um, so that's the Sally Jesse Raphael. And by this point, Sally Jesse Raphael was like this. Lady with short hair, she was like 60. Mm, okay. So for Will saying, like, oh gee, I wonder how, not hard, how hard it was for you to look <laughs> for for you to get the male demographic. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Ashley's about to leave for school, and Phil asks, uh, since when does she wear a uniform to public school? And Ashley's fl- face lights up, and Phil says that uh, he's disgusted with Viv. And if Phil likes what he sees, she can take another semester there. She thanks him and leaves. She does a great job here acting like you can really believe the uh, the happiness. I think yeah. we've all had those surprises when we think our parents are going to continue with the heel decisions, but they, they turn baby face. Usually my dad was the one to turn baby face first. My mom was always the constant heel. <laughs> but uh, I like that little finish there. This draws the ahs from the crowd as Will hugs Phil from behind, grabbing his man boobs. As uh, as we hit the credits, because we have to end it on a hee hee ha ha all the time. What did you think about this last scene? Yeah, I thought it was really nice. Uh, it was the right choice, I believe, because I think uh, differentiating Ashley from everyone is actually kind of key at this point. Like, if you're going to continue this show into five seasons, you need to start doing different things, and to have Ashley kind of branch out and be more like Will rather than Phil. Um, you know, I'm I'm down with that decision. I think I think it just makes sense, even given what happened in season one with how close they became and stuff. Like, it's uh, it's good storytelling, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I have no beef with this, and the fact that Phil kind of goes, you know, babyface at the end, it's uh, it's fantastic. But we know he goes babyface because of the influence of Vivian. That's because if there's no Vivian, then there's no different yeah. choice. But uh, yeah, really good. I like this episode, but it was definitely like. You can see these are just reprints of previous episodes. Yeah, this has been done like two or three times. This is and a sign that like we're reaching, we're running out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like in my episode as well that I'm going to review, a lot of the jokes are so forced and heavy handed. And like it, it, that, that is to me is what brings it down. Um, So that is also like a telling sign of like, Jesus, like, well, what they can't 
come up with something else. You know, less is more sometimes. Like, you're better off not saying the line at all rather than trying to get a cheap laugh. But yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, we're definitely reaching that uh, this turning point for sure. I think sometimes what happens when these writers are trying to write their comedy is they try to gauge like how many people are going to get it. Mm-hmm. And with like certain amount of information and how many people are are going to need to get it only if told more information. You know what I mean? Like they right. almost have to be led right to the joke. Yeah, yeah. Like Carlton comes out and says something like, see? And like he'll point to exactly what it is, right? Uh-huh. And sometimes it works as a comedy device, but uh, sometimes it can be a little heavy handed. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, let's go into some final thoughts here. At one point, like I was saying earlier, Will calls uh, Phil Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is a, like a legendary actor. He's done all kinds of shit, stage, and he's still alive. Oh, but he's got a cool uh, story here. This is called The Forgotten Two-Face. Wow. So Williams co-starred in 1989's Batman as District Attorney Harvey Dent. A role that was planned to develop into Dent's alter ego, the villain Two-Face, right? However, that never came to pass. He was set to reprise the role in the sequel, Batman Returns. That's one with Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and the other guy. Uh, Who am I missing? He plays the mayor. Christopher Walken. Hey, oh. Yeah. Um, But his character was deleted and replaced with the villain, Max Shrek. Right. That's Christopher Walken. Who I don't think is a real villain. He might have been Fagazi. I think he was just for that movie. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want to see his movie. His more abusive. (laughs) No, no, we're not talking about because you're a purist. Yeah, he's not even in the comics. Yeah, you won't watch it because you're a purist. Uh, When Joel Schumacher stepped in to direct Batman Forever, however, where Two Face was to be a secondary villain, Schumacher turned heel and decided to hire Tommy Lee Jones for the role. There was a rumor that Schumacher had to pay Williams a fee in order to hire Jones. But Williams says that this is not true. He said, listen, you only get paid to do the movie. I had a two-picture deal with Star Wars. They paid me for that. But I only had a one-picture deal for Batman. So there you go. Now, the happy ending? Williams eventually voiced Two-Face in the 2017 film the Lego Batman movie. Ah, so there you go. He gets a nice circle. little, you know what I'm saying? Something sweet before bed. Nice little treat. That's cool. You're back? We'll back. Yeah. I never left. So yeah, he got to play, uh, he got to voice Two-Face in the 2017 film, the Lego Batman movie. That's really cool. That's really cool. I like that. It's a nice Came happy ending. Circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's like when a guy becomes uh, enemies of Vince McMahon, but then later ends up coming back to WWE anyway. And then hugs him on stage. Yeah. Welcome back. You're the best promoter. Um, <laughs> have you seen the Lego Batman movie? No. No. I'm not a Lego person. Not a Lego person at all. Remember last week? I, I, I kind of disqualified like the fact that the, the, the cartoon Spider-Man movie can be considered better than the real movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? I'm going to turn heel on myself. That Lego Batman movie, <laughs> you I can't would rank say it. That. You can't say that. I would rank the, that. Le- the Lego Batman movie. I rank it top five, top five of uh, every of the Christopher Nolans, the Keens, the 1967, all of them. That's, That's great. a fucking great but, movie. Chris, and you know who voices Batman in that one? Uh, the Canadian guy. What's his name? Uh, Arrested Development. Jason um, Sudeikis or whatever. What did you call me? Sudoku. Sudeikis. <laughs> 
What's his no, name? you're thinking of Digimon. That's the Iron Claw. I am so confused. You threw like six IPs in. <laughs> uh, I forget who it was. It's bothering me. Jason Whatever. I don't care. I anyway, it doesn't matter. He All I'm saying is, like it's this. hard to take your takes if you're flip flopping your your fucking rules. You know what I mean? If you're, yeah. you can't you can't say the Spider Man one doesn't count, but the Lego one is like the best Batman movie ever made. <laughs> Makes no fucking sure sense. I can. God damn it! This is why your Morbius claims don't matter to me. <laughs> fucking shit sucks. <laughs> God damn it! Let's get into Miss Sharp, who I thought was a total baddie. Um, her name is Renee Jones. She was born on October 15, nineteen fifty-eight. She's what are you like thirty-four, thirty-five by this time? Yeah, she would fit right in with uh, the baddies. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, she's fine AF. She's an actress best known for Friday the Thirteenth, Six, Jason Lives, Days of Our Lives, nineteen sixty-five. Well, that's just uh, the year it debuted, and The Bold and the Beautiful. Her biggest role was Lexi Carver and Nikki Wade on Days of Our Lives. For 1,759 episodes. Christ. From almighty. 1982 to 2012. Wow. That's nuts. I didn't even know it went that long. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch any soap operas, especially like when you would stay home, when you would have a headache and like stay home from school? Only the Spanish ones, because my parents would make me watch them. The Spanish and Brazilian ones about like, whatever, like... This guy loves her, but, the, you know, she has a past. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Your parents understand the Spanish ones, or did they have the subtitles? No, they understand the Spanish ones. Wow. Yeah. That, that's incredible. I love that's it. What, that that kind of contributes why I understand or understood Spanish, even, like, when <laughs> I met you guys. Yeah. Um, just fucking constant Spanish soap operas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get into the zinger. This is not really a zinger, just kind of Vivian Banks' line was nice here. Sometimes I think we work so hard to give our kids what we didn't have, we forget to give them what we did have. That was a nice little line there. I think we can both agree on that one. I'm going to tattoo that on me. Yeah, do it on your forehead. It's going to say Vivian Banks at the end. Yeah. I'm (laughs) going to get it tattooed as a QR code. Oh, yeah. On my forehead, and people can scan it and be like, oh, what a beautiful message. It's just going to be Daphne Jones or whatever, like his face when they scan it. <laughs> Daphne <Christ>. Jones. <laughs> That's tremendous. Isn't that her name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Da- Daphne Maxwell Jones. I think. I don't know. I'm sorry. I think we can agree. We're due for like, a, since we're all going into fucking parallel universes and shit, I want to see Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Generations with two and Vivs. Generations. With two and Vivs. <laughs> Sorry, it's Daphne Maxwell Reed. My bad. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, two Aunt Vivs. The fight of the Aunt Vivs. Like, like this is the multiverse Aunt Viv? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the variant or whatever. I thought of uh, Janet Hubert during your episode, actually. She would have been... Uh, she would have been tremendous. She though. would have been great, yeah, honestly. Although I did think uh, Daphne Reed did a great job. I think Daphne Reed brings a different... She looked, she looked like a hottie with a wig, eh? Yeah, yeah, when she in was your like episode, young. I was like, whoa, wait, when they were doing like the recall, right? I was like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. No, she's a really um, attractive woman, man. Like, she is, she I is. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that the haircut that she has right now doesn't really do her any favors. The fro. Yeah, but <laughs> things like that come and go. Maybe in five years, it's like, holy fuck, her hair was bomb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anywho, uh, Pac Man, what did you think about this episode? Give us a rating out of 10 <clears throat> and get, tell us why, my friend. All right, out of 10 Daphne Maxwell reads, I'll give it seven. Uh, 
I think seven is is a good score just because like this isn't anything new. It's not groundbreaking. However, it does bring me to a happy season one place. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, at this point, after all the crap we've seen, it's um, not that the show is bad or anything, but like sometimes when you're just watching this thing over and over and over again, and we you analyze it the way we are, you really need to start picking and choosing what's good and what's bad. And I think this is mediocrely good. Like, they didn't really try to do anything new here. This is a recycled idea again. But at the same time, the twist here is Ashley's a lot older. It's not about, like, it's not about growing up, so to speak. It's more about life, like, like decisions in life and stuff and what you want to do with your life. And I think, you know, we do, we have the trope of Will defending her and stuff. But I, I think at the end of the day, like, this is... If you're going to make a collection of these episodes, this is probably one of the better ones with this same kind of formula. And, uh, you know, besides some heavy-handed jokes and moments, I think it overall it holds up and it's an enjoyable watch. So 7 out of 10 for me. Beautiful. Uh, I won't try to retread too much of what you said. I agree. I think this was just fast food at 3, 3.30 in the morning. It's nothing that... It's not a fast food meal that you're going to remember in like three days, Mm -hmm. but uh, it hit all the right notes. And for the moment, it was good. You're right. They used a lot of the old devices, a lot of things that worked. But um, I thought it was fine. Every now and then, you know, you need one of these kind of episodes. Yeah, I think we enjoy it because it's familiar. It's that chicken noodle soup for the soul kind of thing. Fresh Prince style. But uh, you're right. At the same time, we do have to be honest and say, you know. We've seen this episode before, kind of thing, right? Yeah. But all things considered, I liked it. Um, everybody was kept uh, to the proper levels. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. I had fun with it. Uh, maybe I'm overrating this one a little bit. I'll admit to it, but uh, it just feels to be back home. There we go. Nothing like home. Okay, we'll be back after this break, whatever break it is, first. Episode 8. everybody welcome back to the show we are going to the soul train episode soul train soul spelt with seven o's i counted yeah uh so this was a real uh this was a real show that they actually aired in real life uh in the 70s right. right hosted by don cornelius who appears in this episode as don cornelius and uh what would you say this did, did you catch this at all like what would you say this was did I catch uh, Soul Train or, or this? Yeah, yeah, Soul Train. Uh, no, I was aware of, of Soul Train, but uh, when, like when I was watching TV, like in the nineties, mm-hmm. mid to late nineties, really. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I didn't have my own TV like as a little kid, right? I didn't get right. my own TV until I was like twelve, thirteen. Then I started watching whatever I wanted. Up until then, it was just whatever was on TV and whatever. When my parents weren't. Uh, paying attention or like in the kitchen or something i'd be like can i watch tv and like yeah i'd get a couple hours in front of the t- tv that's how yeah. you would do it but no this show uh, i never really paid attention to it i kind of understood it um definitely uh you know an important show a show with a lot of uh history obviously and you know things like that but um no the fact that it plays backdrop to this episode it was all new to me so i was excited to see it i don't remember ever watching this episode 
Yeah. No, this was really cool. Um, Soul Train ran from 1971 officially to 2006. Wow. Um, but it had a lot of, um, like Don Cornelius hosted it from 71 to 93. So he's had the most time with it. He was also right. the creator, I believe. But um, Amazing. From like 93 to 97, someone else took over. Then like for two years, someone else took over. And then yeah. the 2000, someone else took over. So it kept switching. Um, and now it's owned by like, like the Soul Train brand is owned by BET Network. So oh, okay. it's, it's gone through a lot. Like if you actually look at the history of it, it's actually pretty cool. But yeah. at this point in time uh, in this episode, it is under the uh, the Don Cornelius management, kind of, uh, so to speak. Yeah, and I think this cool. actually aired, um, it says here, hold on. Don Cornelius retired from hosting Soul Train in 93, the year before this episode aired. So he was he came back to do this, but he wasn't That's even cool. hosting it anymore, right? He put the gimmick back on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I'll come back for this reunion. Kind of thing. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. All right, so uh, we start with Will and Carlton playing basketball in the backyard. Will trash talks Carlton the whole time, says, uh, you know, he's like, oh, one more basket, I win. And Carlton's like, oh, you think I'm just going to stand here and let you do this? And he does it. Uh, Will's like, oh, you Carlton. Carlton just gets smoked. The, the best part is at the end where he's, Will's like, you want to play again? <laughs> Carlton's like, yeah, same rules. And Will's like, yeah, uh, me zero, you 18. Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> so man. Yeah. Such yeah. a handicap. Poor Carlton just uh, doing the job here. Pure job. Uh, intro credits, and then after the intro credits, Banks household. We see Hillary come in again, much like your episode. She kind of comes in for these little moments, asking Carlton if they want to hang out. Um, but Carlton says he has a, or so she asks Carlton and Ashley. They both say they have dates, so she's kind of like nothing to do. Then Will comes in from his date, and he thanks his girlfriend for paying for it, which I thought was a funny twist. Um, <laughs> and Hillary, Hillary's looking and just says she's sick of everyone having dates, but her. Will says, come on, you're pretty, you're fun, you're intel, LaVision. <laughs> that was good. Hillary says, that's the problem. Men are intimidated by me because I'm a celebrity. A beautiful woman trapped in an even more beautiful woman's body. I love that. I Incredible. Love that. That, is, that is good dialogue. That's a good line. Phil comes in saying he just dropped Nikki off at his first slumber party. That most of the parents were no older than his own kids. Uh, this is the he- uh, heavy handedness I'm talking about. Will's like, oh, there's no kids that look like me, right? Just checking. Like, it was kind of like, what? <laughs> it, it felt out of place. It just felt stupid. This um, also, uh, this explains Nikki, why he's not there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would, uh-huh. I wish it would explain why Nikki wasn't in your episode too, but <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Jesus. Uh, Vivian calls everyone to the living room and she puts in a cassette that she got from Soul Train. Phil isn't looking forward to this. You could already tell. But in the clip, we see it's Phil and Vivian on the show, and they're doing like this little game show thing. And there's these words. And if you look at the words, it literally, it's supposed to be unscrambled to say something, and it should say James Brown. Like you could even see it says like uh, Bames Drown or whatever. So all Phil had to do is switch two letters. But Phil gets in front of it, and like he's taking so long. And then a bunch of other letters appear. <laughs> and uh, yeah. which, whatever. Close your mind for a second. Did but you it mind? says. Um, it says, Vivian, I love you, and I always will. Marry me. Don Cornelius is like, well, the answer was James Brown. <laughs> right? But uh, <laughs> then Phil embraces Vivian, and that's how they, they got That's how he proposed, and that's uh, you, we see that moment, which is pretty cool. Uh, we cut back to the family. Will says, so you proposed on Soul Train. Where'd, y'all get, <laughs> where'd you guys get married? The Flip, Flip Wilson show, which was another talk show. It was like an hour long uh, from the 70s. I don't know much cool, about okay. it. Do you know Flip Wilson? 
No, no, not at all. Yeah, I don't that know one uh, went over my head. One of the first talk shows. Um, anyways, so whatever. Pop, and then um, Viv says they've been invited. Oh yes, Viv says they've been invited to the reunion because they were in the ten most memorable couples. Phil goes to Phil, or Will goes to Phil. Hey, you were a hip, handsome dude back there. What happened? <laughs> Phil gives him a dirty look and walks off. I was like, oh shit. Will says, damn, no slap in the head or nothing. I'm scared. Ah, uh, if uh, if Phil doesn't get you, I would worry about you know. Sometimes you'd rather just get the slap and get it done with. Yeah, but that, Phil's planning something. <laughs> that uh, that look he gave Will was to like that. If looks could kill, <laughs> like Jesus. Oh, Phil's just tremendous at it. Yeah, but he's so amazing with his uh, physical fa- his facials. You know, like Phil can alternate between having a look like he's gonna kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then just having, like, the most empathetic, like, really good understanding parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's awesome. Yeah. Next scene, we see Carlton in a bright hot pink shirt doing his signature dance moves. When Will walks up behind him and asks if he's having a Maalox moment. (laughs) I had to look this up. This was a medicine that helped reduce, like, gas, bloating, heartburn. Oh, I thought that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what Maalox was. But uh, apparently in their, like... um, in their commo- commercials and stuff. It's like a, a mailbox moment or whatever. Good stuff. Um, so there we go. Um, he says he's been practicing for Soul Train. Will tells Carlton he wants him to stay away from the show. He clowns him a little bit, but ultimately says he wants to host the show. He says, you have no business even being in a Soul Hyundai, let alone in a Soul Train. Damn. He, sa- <laughs> he says, you'll embarrass me. Carlton says, you're the embarrassment, you urban urchin. <laughs> I'm going to dance circles around you. An and urban urchin. Urban urchin. And Carlton, uh, he says, Carlton Banks, soul brother number one. And then he dances off. Then Will kind of fourth wall breaks, looks at the camera, then walks away. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. What I like about this interaction between Carlton and Will is that uh, they were basically guaranteed some kind of dancing at the end, which always goes over well. Very over always delivers, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Vivian walks down and shows Phil her outfit that she wore on the Soul Train, saying it still fits. Phil says, Yes, but can you breathe? Vivian says it may have shrunk. Phil says the suit is the same size, and she's like, She gives him a cut yeah. eye, and she's like, It's, I said it may have shrunk. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Phil always do messes think, up with this. With this, thing. I think, do you, I think Phil just he fucked up. Oh, 100%. It was like, I don't think he didn't say it on purpose. No, he just just said it like an idiot. Yeah. If your girl says the dress is a little tight, you're like, yeah, you know what? My pants are a little tight too. Even though they might fit. (laughs) Just stop. You're not even helping the Let's get going. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. Phil says we can't go anyway because it's the same night as the executive chili (laughs) cook-off. He says he wants to be reelected and needs to keep up appearances. Viv scolds mm-hmm. him saying, it's important to me and it should be to you too. Phil says, I have a conflict that evening. And I like this. Viv is like, you have a conflict tonight too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Damn. And why is Phil being such a uh, crybaby? Well, we'll figure that out soon, Just go, young dude. Christopher. What's wrong with you? Anyway, young yeah. Christopher. Will sees him after and realizes Phil's just coming up with excuses simply because he's afraid of how he'll look and perform. He says he can fix this. <sighs> Next scene, we see Phil, <laughs> Will, and a dude named Lamont teaching them dance lessons. Lamont this is, is great. Uh, a groovy brother, I'd say. Uh, this is cool. It kind of reminds me <laughs> of uh, when uh, they were teaching Will how to be a gentleman in season one. 
Oh, with the bow tie and like the walk and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is well repaying that favor right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it cuts to Phil and Lamont, and he tells Phil to shake his groove thing, which is shaking his ass. And this is the best. Jeffrey's behind <laughs> Phil, and he's like, if that's a groove, then the Grand Canyon is a ditch. <laughs> Dude, you killed him. You Jeez. killed him. Massive pop. Kills Phil's steam. Uh, he kicks Lamont out, and uh, on the way out, he says, overgrown Isaac Hayes looking fool. <laughs> he's all upset. <laughs> this was full of laughs. Uh, Vivian calls Phil rude and says he's going to go apologize to him. Will says to Phil, what is bothering you? He says, right now you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Vivian walks in after a bit, and Phil finally tells her that uh, basically he feels like a dinosaur that's going to be put on display. Uh, Vivian says um, it's it's just important to her, and you know what? She'll go alone without him. So lots of conflicts here. Again, I think we've seen this before. But Chris, what do you think so far? Yeah, very good. Uh, I mean, obviously, Phil's not going to be there, but you know he is going to be there, right? It's one of those things. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like uh, you see it, it's an overdone trope. It's like the uh, the busy father that doesn't know if he'll make it for Tim's soccer game. For Christmas. But then oh, yeah, yeah. shows up and he's, th- he's throwing his briefcase. I don't know why I took the briefcase out of the car, but just go with it. <laughs> he's throwing his briefcase, you know, because they have to add a little color to it. Um, and he's like running to the bleachers to go watch his son play. Like it's that trope that's done over and over and over again. You don't know, forget. Or, uh, yeah. Don't forget. He, uh, loosens his tie a little bit as he approaches the bleachers. Oh, you have all those, to. all those little details, you know, yeah, I think of Alec Baldwin's brothers or something with these shitty fucking <laughs> movies. <laughs> You know what's funny? On The Sopranos, one of the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> what just shows up on the show? Like, there's hey. A, there's a, so there's one of the characters who wants to make a movie kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And the movie, because he, he's grown up around uh, uh, Tony Soprano, like he's in the mob with him. And he portrays Tony Soprano in his movie, like with the white robe and stuff. And it's one of oh, the, Bald- gotcha. it's one yeah, of the yeah, Baldwin yeah. brothers playing Tony <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> That's good. Did they pull it off okay? Uh, it's like a couple scenes that you see where he's like very he's, yeah. he's talking tough to to his guys and stuff, but it's just funny. And then <laughs> yeah. Tony has doesn't really like it. Kind of clicks that like that's supposed to be him. Like the inspiration was him, but at the same time he's also like, why did he die at the end? <laughs> like or whatever, right? So I don't know. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Baldwins. The, the Baldwins, yeah. Carlton walks in on Will playing with his Don Cornelius figure. It's also, okay, up until this point. Yeah, there's a, yeah, right. there's a thing where Don Cornelius... He's playing uh, with his Don Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it, not me. Look, wait, wait, Will I is know, playing I with his Don Cornelius figure at the end. But there is... So it's implied here that uh, Will liked Don Cornelius and had figures of him growing up. So anyway, mm-hmm. he's playing with his Don Cornelius. And uh, he says... Uh, he says, look, enough of the doll. Or because Carlton walks in on it. He's like, enough of the doll. I'm worried about my parents. I've been listening in on their bedroom all night. Will says, well, he's not hurting her, Carlton. <laughs> Carlton <laughs> says, no, no, this is serious. Will says, they'll work it out. Yeah. And we see Phil walk in with a pillow to the pool house and goes into the bedroom. And Will's like, well, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so they had a fight. This, um, this kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, like the boys' first sleepover when they were staying in the pool house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. just kind of had those vibes. But, uh, yeah, I like the part about, uh, you know, those noises at night kind of thing. Like, oh, my God. That's uh, that's brutal. That's just absolutely brutal. Jeez, did, you, you? did you get some war flashbacks or something? 
No, nothing like that. But that's gonna be brutal to like be outside your parents' bedroom and be listening to noises and shit. It's like what? Oh, that's awful. Get me out of here. Not that I would know. But anyway, back at the bank's house, we see Hillary ask Jeffrey if he had a decent job and wasn't her butler, would he ask her out or be intimidated? (laughs) He daydreams for a bit. Hillary calls his name to get his attention. He says, sorry, I was caught up in the fantasy. And she says, about me? He's like, no, about the decent job. (laughs) Tell me, do I have a desk? Oh, Um, my God. This was so good. Jeffrey was uh, just tremendous here. In the two lines Jeffrey's had... Uh, in this yeah. episode, it's been just brutal. Like he's whipping ass. Singers. Like uh, this guy might have come into the Rumble Thirteenth, but he's already like thrown out three people. You know, like he's he's doing a really good job here. And uh, you know, Hillary's been eating a lot of trash the last couple episodes for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think you know, and that's not anybody's fault. But this is kind of the lack of progression in her story. She'd been getting a push for a while, but they seem to have stopped. Uh, you know, she was working her way up as a reporter, for example. But now it seems to have sort of they're not focusing on that too much. She's kind of just like a side bit player right now. They're focusing on the young talent, Ashley. You know, that's right. That's right. They're giving her the push. So uh, we'll see. But right now, you're right. Ashley does have the strap. And uh, what's the little guy's name? The little the little uh, brother? Nikki. Nikki's not even in. Like, Nikki's, Nikki's not, not even in. in. Nikki's still in no. NXT. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ashley tells her to sit down to take and a that date ability. the wrestling references for this episode. Yes. Brought to you by Chris Torres. Ash tells her to sit down uh, and take a date ability test. You have a date and a guy tries to kiss you. What do you do? She flips. I don't have a date. Must you throw that in my face? And she gets up and leaves. There's a... Oh, that was so... I was like, oh, come on. Again, the tone of that was off. Forced and uh, whatever. She got her check and left. Will walks into the kitchen the next day holding his eye. He reveals uh, Phil was clipping his toenails and he took one in the eye after Vivian thought he was just emotional about them fighting. <laughs> so again, like a little bit forced. What the hell was that line? I don't know. Vivian asks Will if he'll be her dance partner at Soul Train. He says he wanted to get his Mac, uh, his Mac on, and it's hard when you have somebody with you that's old. <laughs> he realizes yeah. he messes up, tries to convince her for a while that old means beautiful in young kid slang, and uh, she's not impressed, and she ends it with, we leave at eight. <laughs> yeah, this kind of reminded me a little bit of that episode, uh, I think from uh, season three, where uh, Jenny Hubert takes up dancing and she goes with Will the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ballet stuff. Yeah. That was awesome. I remember that episode. Jenny Hubert, I miss you. I miss you. Cut to Soul Train. We see Will dancing with Vivian. Carlton's dancing with Ashley. Uh, Will starts dancing with a young girl, like a young chick his age. Uh, Vivian says, I thought you were with me. Will shoots her away, or he shoos her away. Felt bad for her. The girl asks, is that your aunt? And Will says, yeah, but we see other people. <laughs> and she calls him a freak. <laughs> we then see Ashley discover an undercover Jeffrey. This was ridiculous. That's amazing. Uh, he's just like, Ashley, please don't give me away. And then she she leaves him alone. And then later, Don Cornelius gives him a, a shout out as Bootsy Collins. So Jeffrey's there as Bootsy Collins. Jeffrey oh, is man. dressed in this fucking amazing, like, one piece, like the... <laughs> Almost like the uh, the James Brown One Piece. Yes. Yes, with Just these crazy glasses. Tremendous. These beautiful, like, round glasses. Uh, he looked great. It's got that nice Jerry girl dripping. Looks fantastic. Is, he's like the perfect... He just looks like, like, like a boss. You know yeah. what I mean? 
He's like, Any, he's like anytime he's, he's made he, to look like a boss, he comes across like a boss. He looks like the Jeffrey of the new Bel Air show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when Jeffrey is Super Saiyan, that's just like normal Jeffrey now in this new show. <laughs> it's coke slinging Jeffrey. Uh, <laughs> a slow dance starts, and Will asks Vivian to dance. Uh, Vivian says she's she's leaving. It's just not the same without Phil, who shows up at that moment in a nice tux. And I think this is the same tux you wore in your episode. Looks like it. Um, Carlton tells Don to play All I Need by Marvin and Tammy, which this was cool to me because I like the All I Need version of uh, Method Man that oh, he has. Yeah. And I didn't, know, I didn't know this was like a thing. Like, I, again, like I'm always like in- interested when the samples come to light. And uh, yeah. this was it right here. Vivian and Phil slow dance. He tells her he might not be the downest cat ever, but he wants their lives to groove together forever along with some other sweet stuff. Uh, they seal it with a kiss. <laughs> Will and Carlton are watching. Will, uh, Carlton's like, oh, it's beautiful. And he has his, he's leaning on Will, and Will's just like, don't touch me. Uh, the yeah. Soul Train line begins. This reminds me of Hitch at the end, the wedding scene where there's like yeah, two yeah. lines. Yeah, like a little dance up. Uh, Will tries to seal the show, um, but Don Cornelius kind of gives him a shake of the head, like, nah, it's not good enough kind of thing. Carlton though absolutely crushes it again, just like that that episode where he was at the the strip club or whatever and, and dancing and taking his shirt off. This was just as good, maybe even better. Um, you know, he does the Billie Jean dance and uh, it just it was incredible. I loved it. And the cast after the show ended like rushed to him and like could tell like they were all very happy with it. Uh, it was nice to see. And then a uh, weird thing at the end of it, we hear Will Smith's voice say, "Stay tuned for more Fresh Prince." Has this yeah. happened yet? Not, not a, to my knowledge. That's a strange deci- uh, decision to just throw in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, I've never heard that one before. Like, why now? It's been five seasons. I don't I'm know. guessing that there might have been like a local announcement made in one of the markets or something. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe there was like a, another episode that was about to air next to this one. I don't know. It's it was kind of right. Weird. Like, don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember those shows where Peggy like. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right don't, back with more. Whatever it is. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, okay, like, okay, I promise I won't like, go. That's don't me. you La- fucking dare. <laughs> you ever you ever you ever hear like on the radio like a good song is coming up? So you're like, but they're like, don't go anywhere. Coming up, don't go. And you're like, don't worry, I can go and I will remember to come back. Well, guess yeah. what? Then you switch stations. And you're listening to something else. And you forget. And you're like, by the time you realize, oh, fuck, I'm about to cast the other song. This is You go back before. just in time to hear the ending of the music. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That is oh, like the man. worst lottery to win. It is. It really is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> final thoughts. Um, My final thoughts on this episode? <laughs> I hated final it. Thoughts. You hated no, it? I uh, I liked it. I thought I thought the uh, the ending of this episode was good. I always like a good dance off, you know. We haven't had one in a while. It feels like um, right. Maybe when uh, when Ashley was trying to be a singer. Oh yeah, and right. Phil and uh, Carlton were had to say. Uh, well, Carlton and Will got up on stage to dance, and then <laughs> Phil had to pretend like he was dancing, but he was trying to grab them the whole time. Yeah, he was chasing them, but he got stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> I always like that, like, yeah, like, oh, okay, you're playing it off like you're dancing. Like, we don't see you're full on trying to fucking kill this other man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Phil. I will say one thing. Will's whole intention of going to the Soul Train was to try to be the next host or whatever. But, like, there was no no attempt at that 
whatsoever. No. So I don't know what the point of that was. <laughs> I don't know if there was a change in the creative there or what, but like, because all he did was dance, which was fine, but he could have easily been like, because I can't wait to like rip into the dance floor. He could have talked fine. To, yeah, 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 exactly. He could have talked to Don. There could have been like a two second thing where he asked Don Cornelius and Cornelius would have shook his head or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. That was weird. Like, I don't know. Like, my only guess is this could be stupid, might be nothing. But, like, my only guess is that I don't know if Don Cornelius did, like, was known for, like, doing a jump off the stage into a splits. And maybe Will did that copying him. I don't know. But uh, that's the only other thing I can point it to. But, yeah, there you go. The Soul Train. Not sure. All right. Trivia facts and goofs. At the end, Carlton dances like Michael Jackson. In the early 1980s, Alfonso Ribeiro co-starred in a Pepsi commercial with Michael and his brothers. Wow. No shit. I didn't know that. I got to look that up. That's incredible. Um, Don Cornelius retired from hosting Soul Train in 1993, the year before this episode aired. Uh, during Carlton's dance at the end of the episode, the family seems shocked and impressed that he can dance so well. Alfonso Ribeiro is a trained dancer. 20 years after this episode aired, Alfonso was partnered with Whitney Carson on the 19th season of Dancing with the Stars and won that season's competition. That's not surprising. The dude's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I believe it was on one of these TV shows where, uh, Carlton brought back the Carlton dance. Yes, probably. That was... Mm -hmm. (laughs) pop a little bit on don cornelius he was born on september 27th 1936 in chicago illinois he was a writer and producer known for nutty professor to the clumps soul train and jackie's back he was previously married to victoria chapman and dolores harrison he died on february 1st 2012 in sherman oaks la yeah wow rest Um, easy don cornelius that's so terrible that's horrible um, and then I got a little bit on Antonio Fargas, who played uh, Lamont Kelly, the uh, the funk teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Tall, lanky, and twinkle-dyed African-American actor with wonderful on-screen charisma, Antonio Fargas has been appearing on stage and screen for nearly 60 years as of 2021. His film debut was in Shirley Clark's The Cool World, a gritty, uncompromising tale about Africa, African-American youth growing up in Harlem, New York. He then made his acting presence felt in many uh, black exploitation films of the early 1970s, including the classic Shaft, the mafia flick Across 110th Street, uh, the ultra-violent Pam Greer vehicle Foxy Brown, and the classic tale wow. of Huckleberry Finn. So he's been in a lot of stuff that's been mentioned on this show uh, before yeah. this. Right? That's cool, yeah. Uh, around uh, this time, ABC TV execs were looking for a capable actor to play the role of the golden-hearted street informant Huggy Bear on Starsky and Hutch, and Fargus scored the role uh, with which he is most closely identified with. His career continued to flourish after Starsky and Hutch wrapped up after four years, and he has appeared in over 50 movies to date, many TV shows, and numerous stage productions. He has played a 90-year-old witch doctor in The Great White Hope, uh, was in Melvin Van Pebbles, and uh, Ain't Supposed to Die in a Natural Death, and appeared in productions of The Rainmaker, The Emperor Jones, and Dream on Monkey Mountain. A strong advocate of the strength and diversity of African-American culture, Fargus holds positions on the boards of Rhode Island Langton Hughes Center for the Arts and the Martin Luther King Center of Newport. So, dude's done a lot, and he was on, you know, he was in this show for like two minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. All right, Chris, uh, give me your zinger. I think I got a couple here. After Vivian thanks, uh, excuse me, after Vivian asks Will to be her uh, partner at the Soul Train, this kind of when Will doesn't know what the hell to do, because yeah. I think I'd like to, uh, and he goes, I'd like to end Viv, really, but it's hard to get my groove on with an old lady. 
an old woman he calls her Vivian just looks at him Oh you don't You know kid talk You know bad is good Stupid is wonderful And old is uh, beautiful You so old Aunt Viv You're the oldest woman I've ever seen <laughs> um, Jesus This was so stupid It is horrible But it sticks I, I It's cleverly written But uh, uh, You know I, I think uh, I don't know Just a little It was a little goofballish. Yeah it was a little goofballish, especially because he's already hung up with his old Aunt Viv, so to speak, when yeah. he was bringing her to the, the dance thing already, right? But uh, anyway, that's her job just to nitpick, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, that's a, a nice little one-liner there. Another one was when Carlton says, I'm worried about my parents. You know, I've been listening outside their bedroom, and Will says, Carlton, he's not hurting her. He's like, what? Uh, and then the other one, my favorite... Hillary says, Jeffrey, if you weren't my butler and had a decent job, would you ask me out or would you be too intimidated? And Jeffrey's just staring. So Hillary says, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's like, sorry, I got caught up in a fantasy. And Hillary's like, about me? Jeffrey says, no, about that decent job. Tell me, do I have a desk? Which I thought was great. I love the look of dismay on uh, Hillary's face. And uh, man, they are, the, the Jeffrey character is just written so well. Yeah. No, they never really miss with him. No, and I think even if the writing is subpar, uh, the actor is just uh, so good at making it work. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's all I got for the zingers for this week. Nice. All right, tell me, uh, give me your rating and your final thoughts. I'm going to give this episode a 7 out of 10. Um, I like the Soul Train background to the thing. Um but it was just kind of a disjointed episode. I didn't really feel one way or another about it. And yeah, I mean, Will says that he was going on that show to be the next Don Cornelius. And he ended up just being a, a dancing guy. And, and like it, had, it was a little, I didn't know what to, you know. I thought it was the only one. But then when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, okay. I thought that's what they, they didn't close out. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, yeah, you know, 7 out of 10. I thought it was a fine little episode. But uh I think they, you know, could have been a little bit better. They could have put a little bit more effort into the writing, not made it a little bit too contrived. Uh, but I did like Phil and Viv during the uh, the flashback. I really liked that scene, especially with how they did up their costumes and their hair. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Uh, yeah, I think the Very whole good. Soul Train. Like a dog. <laughs> okay. I think the whole Soul Train uh, thing is what kind of makes this episode rememberable. Uh, not really for the writing or not really for anything of that nature. Literally, well, it's just not, the last... Well, not that memorable. You didn't remember it. I didn't remember yours. I, I remembered this one. Oh, this one you didn't remember? <laughs> I remember this one, yeah. yeah. This is the liar. one... When I think of the shit. new Aunt Viv, I think of this. This is the one that, that steps out to me because... Just the dancing in the in the VHS tape clip and then the dancing at the end is like kind of what makes it good. Yeah, right. You know, because yeah. everything else is kind of like fluff. Um, yeah, but I thought the writing overall was pretty good. The Jeffrey character, again, nails it. Uh, they need to give Hillary something to do, though, because this is getting kind of in, like annoying. Um, like she wasn't even at the, the Soul Train. Like she should have been there, too. Or was she there? Maybe she had a minimal role there. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember. But... Um, I just I remember, remember. I, I Ashley remember. and Carlton were there for sure. They got highlighted, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought it was really good. But the Soul Train, the whole Soul Train gimmick is why you watch it. And, you know, Carlton's little dance at the end is kind of what steals the show as well. And I don't know. I think just overall, it is really enjoyable. Uh, I might be doing what you did in the first episode. I might, I want to give it an 8 out of 10. I might be overscoring it. But I don't know. The, the whole Soul Train gimmick really gets me. So 
just for that alone, I think it's worth the watch for sure. I can't believe that Carlton uh, just like got the stage at the end. Yeah, no, again, like just like didn't you expect conquers. him to like trip and fall into a cake at the end or some bullshit? You know, oh, like man. <laughs> no, because so you expect something silly to happen, right? Yeah, it ended up pretty. But then again, maybe it was a Soul Train tribute. Maybe it was a respectable, you know, kind of clip where it was more about Soul Train rather than the Fresh Prince characters. I don't know. For what? They put over Carlton Strunk. We'll see next week when he uh, falls on his face. (laughs) It's a fun episode, though. I liked it. Very good. All right, Chris, give us the the plugs and what we're doing next week. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the next two episodes. Um, Love Hurts. It's while Will and Lisa are on a date, another guy starts to pick on them. Lisa steps in and uses self-defense techniques to get rid of the heckler. Will's embarrassed and takes Taekwondo lessons. So I'll be looking at that one. And Ryan, you're going to do Will's Up a Dirt Road, and that is Will, in an attempt to impress Lisa, makes a photo of Jay Leno by night and sells the picture to an editor. However, Will doesn't know that the editor works for a sleazy gossip magazine and ends up being sued for libel by Jay Leno. What in the hell? I do not remember watching so that I, episode. I remember, I remember your episode that you're going to do, but that one, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Jay Leno. Um, anything, uh, anything to plug, Ryan? Anything you're working on? Not right now. Kind of just chilling. Just I'm, chilling? Still, I'm still playing Crisis Core. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, 20- mostly you've been watching Sopranos, though, right? Yeah, it's been like 60%. Like more than gaming? Yeah, it's been 70% like Sopranos. 40% or 30%. Yeah, that's cool. Crisis Core. But Crisis Core, I'm just kind of... I'm at the last um, chapter. I'm, I'm actually like at the end. I just can't pull the no trigger way. and finish it because I'm I'm doing all the side stuff. And if I don't do the side stuff before I finish the game, I basically don't have access to it anymore. So I need to do the side stuff before I finish it, which I'm like... I think I'm 95% done. Uh, the side yeah. missions or whatever. I love this game, but man, I'm spending way too much time on the side missions, one after another after another. There's 300 of them, so me just chugging <laughs> through these is like, it's just putting me to sleep at this point. Yeah. But uh, I think by this week, I, I should just be done with this damn game, and we'll move on. But yeah, no, not working on anything else. Um, just taking it easy for now, but I think by February, I'll probably ramp up production on stuff, so <laughs> we'll see. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been chilling, man. I've been working through... I just started uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, finally. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I continued my tradition of playing like a big uh, AAA, uh, you know, open world game or, or very large. Yeah, it's an open world game. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It started off a little slow, but uh, I'm getting into it now and... I'm just, uh, you know, it's cool because when I play games where you can have the choice of like a short range weapon, medium range weapon, uh, long range weapon, or something like a bow and arrows, I never use the bow and arrows, almost never. Wow, that's right? usually my go-to. <laughs> I, I much prefer getting up close with like a sword or, or you know, magic, right? But uh, I'm not a bow and arrow guy at all. And uh, so for this game, I'm like, well, it's her main weapon. So I'm definitely going to uh, to learn to appreciate it. And I've been digging it. I've been digging it, especially when you have the, like, the different kinds of arrows. So it changes like what you need to do strategically before a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you get picked off by an enemy, figure out like, you know, what, what that uh, enemy is susceptible to, to, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so far so good. I'm enjoying the game. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't stick with it for whatever reason. It just never really grabbed me, never made me care. 
Uh, yeah. Hopefully you'll finish it though. <laughs> you could give an yeah, actual I think, opinion. I think I will because it, it you know, this, these kind of games, you know, they, they're just, they remind me of, it's a good Sony open world, right? Like, uh, you know, days gone, uh, games like that, you know, that just, um, they're big, silly fun, you know? Yeah. And like, it's just a great game to play during the, uh, these colder months. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, I'm going to throw out the plugs. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Podcast Fresh. Go on to there. We can also check us out on Twitter at Podcast Fresh DO or shoot us an email at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, check out the other shows. We have a show called Cafe where we talk pop culture, video games, movies, and uh, sort of everything in between. And then, of course, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show is trudging along. Um, Hopefully, we'll get that one up regularly. And, of course, we have this. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye. I got cut off. Podcast Fresh. Hey, I was looking at our SoundCloud, or not SoundCloud, our Spotify uh, page. Uh Uh-huh. Show number five wasn't there. Like what? we're missing show five on Spotify. At least, at least on Spotify it's missing. I don't know if it's missing on anything else, but um, yeah, I couldn't find it on the list. I scrolled through the list. I'm like, what in the hell? And then I noticed that it's actually our trailer. Oh, oh, we must have hit the star next to it or something. <laughs> I'm just like, what? That's I don't tremendous. know how to change that, but that that's that's that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's what it is. Also, number five is pinned at the top. Yeah. <laughs> like it's some like, masterpiece. Where is five? The- yeah, like it's our best show ever. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Check this one out, guys, please. <laughs> Do not miss this one. Number it's like, five. It's like one of the I bet about, it's not right. that good. If it's number five, those old episodes, I mean, they're good, but they're, sometimes they're really long, you know. That might have been one of the worst, like, audio quality ones, too. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I picture like this guy like going to our page. Oh, I wonder what they're about. They listen to the trailer. It's like a fucking two hour thing of like <laughs> whatever, you know? That's tremendous. Oh, Jesus. Oh, nice. You put all the O's into Soul Train. I like that. Yeah. I wanted to be. I was uh, going to judge you if you if you spelled it just regular Soul. Yeah, I was debating it, but. No, no, you can't. I'm going all in. <laughs> it's, some, it's like somebody editing one of your song titles, you know? Exactly. Hold on. Yes. Bless your soul. Ooh, uh, all right, go ahead, my friend. Okay. Podcast fresh. <laughs>